Driving Your Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. All right. Thank you, Marie. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on today's Living Your Dash podcast. We're doing this via Zoom. So uh, you may not be able to tell out there. I hope not, audience. But uh, I know that my guests are today. So my guests today are Chris Van Dyke and Alan Getty. And so, uh, guys, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today. Now, the reason that I'm interviewing you today instead of Rick is because you did this past week's message together, which by the way, I didn't know how you're going to pull that off. Two guys at the same time. I just, I don't, I don't like sharing. And so uh, I appreciate you guys doing that. You did it quite well and you did it on jump in. Can you tell me why did you call it jump in and what, what was your whole goal heading into, into this? Because it's like both of you. I mean, how do you do that? Well, I'll say why we called it jump in. Uh-huh. Cuz we were told to. Yeah. Oh, okay. We were told to call that was it. So this, you know, we're doing the whole series on the ministry revolution, volunteer revolution based on the book. Yeah. And our chapter was called jump in. Okay, so are you saying based on that, the verses that we had? Are you saying then that if Rick hadn't told you to call it jump in, you wouldn't have called it jump in? Yeah, I have no idea what I, I don't know. It. I'm just saying we were told to call it jump in, so that's what we did. Okay. <laughs> and it really did work. It I really it, did work. I think it fits. I think people get so scared oftentimes of, of children and youth. So just the, the title worked very well just to say, well, just jump in, give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is that, I mean, obviously, Alan, you are our children's pastor and Chris, you are our student ministries pastor. And so, I mean, you could have just kind of spent the whole time just you know, uh, I don't know, just just doing a one big advertisement for both of y'all, but you didn't do that. You chose to use a scripture out of Ephesians four. Now, can you can you tell me like what in the beginning as you were beginning to think about this? How how did you come up with a unified scheme of doing this? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah I don't. Alan Alan had the uh, the bracelet idea. Um, he was he was kind of playing around with that. And okay, now for those who don't know, tell us what this bracelet was about. Okay. So the bracelet is, it's a bracelet is a white bracelet with one red dot. Mm -hmm. And the red dot is very small and it's just, just a tiny red dot on this white bracelet. And it was an illustration to show just how much influence the church has on an average child in an average year. And the red dot was how much influence the church has and, and influences time spent with the church. So obviously we may have a, a larger influence in what we teach and what we talk about. But the fact of the matter is, is we have a very little amount of time that is carved out for the church. And that's what that red dot was. Right. You um, said that I don't have any. Oh, look, I have one. Not that you can see it. This is a podcast. Why am oh. I saying that? Yeah, that's okay. well, we're well, doing I, it on I, Zoom, so I think I can show it to you. Yes, yes. And so, you know, <laughs> you you mentioned some stats, something like there are 8,770 uh, minutes, right? Or is it minutes? Yeah, 8,760 hours in a year. Hours in a year. And 
if a person went faithfully to grace, that would be about 260 hours, right? Yeah. Well, so, and then you, yeah, you we broke. said if a person was like one of our kids. Yeah, one of you if guys. If yeah, somebody who showed up every time the doors were open and went to both services instead of just one service. But but yeah, that's that's it. Right, right. And so, uh, but you're saying, and that's for the average person in, in uh, a child or a teenager in at Grace, it's much less. Um, about four, so, yeah, about 40 hours. 40 hours a year. And then I thought of all the hours yeah. of the year, and that's like 0.0004%. So yeah. that, that to me was amazing. But, you know, it also, it, it also made me think, um, maybe, I, I, I think that I, I grew up, thinking that it was the church's job to uh, create the framework for a, 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 a child or a teenager to grow in Christ. I mean, is that, did I get that right? Or is... I, I would, I would say the certainly the church helps in that. I, I think the number one uh, framework that's supposed to be helping a child grow in Christ is the family. Yeah. And, and the church comes alongside the family and helps. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 so the, obviously that was a trick question baiting you guys, because I, whenever I look at Deuteronomy, um, it is, it is the particularly primarily the, the, um, the job of the father uh, mm -hmm. to teach the children, uh, even, even insofar as to, there were basic instructions for the dads once a year, especially around Yom Kippur, around um, the, the time of, of uh, that, that, that great celebration of Passover. It was the father's job to initiate that. But um, but I think that what you're, you're, the wonderful thing that you're trying to say is that the church, we can help people. We can Absolutely. help people to, to get them started. Um, you know, when, what, what do you think is, if, if you're a parent out there or a grandparent and you just kind of want to help your, your, your adult children who have your, your grandchildren, but if you are directly, uh, he had direct contact with a child and have spiritual influence, what is the best plan for parents um, that you can kind of think of in, in terms of the most important things that, that you can teach? So while you're thinking about that, I, I know something that I wish that I had done more was that because I grew up in kind of a perfunctory high church environment, uh, you're not going to believe this. I really did not teach my children the, the Lord's Prayer. And I'm thinking, that is a very bad parent, especially when it's a pastor. But so I'm admitting my faults, everybody. Uh, but I didn't I didn't teach him that. I, you know, I did. Well, I didn't like go through it by rote. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, I did not explain to them, say, the Apostles' Creed, because I just, when I was little, those things were just kind of drilled in. I thought, oh, that's not, that's not quote unquote real relationship with Jesus. And so I wanted to have a, a more fluid and organic relationship with Jesus, which, you know, not necessarily bad, but there's a reason why the forms are there. But anyway, what are what do you think? What what's what is the best way that we can do that job? I think that I mean, and and we're going to have different ideas on this. Uh -huh. Chris and I will. You and I will. I think the most important thing is that as 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 you have children, you pray how you want to raise them in Christ. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, the Bible is really clear that you teach them the way they should go and they will come back to it. You, right. But how I'm going to teach my kids that way 
versus how you are going to teach your kids versus how Chris is going to teach his kids is very different. I think the most important thing parents can do is to make sure they live a life so that the kids see it, not that they hear it, mm-hmm. that they Absolutely. see it, that they see that Jesus makes a difference in their decision-making. Jesus makes a difference in the way they handle adversity. Jesus makes a difference in how they talk to people, how they talk to their teachers, how they talk to their coaches, how they talk at baseball and, and soccer games how they respond to poor decisions at work, all of those things, your kids are watching you from a very young age. If you're an angry person, you will have angry children. If you're a happy person, your kids will generally be happy. They're going to really watch you and they're going to do what you do. So if you follow Christ with your actions, they're going to do the best they can. So yeah, I would would totally uphold everything that Alan said. I totally agree with him. Um, I think Another thing that I would kind of add to that answer, I think uh, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, I had a unique situation. I had uh, probably um, 10 to 15 young adults hanging out with me on a weekly basis and and, um, uh, very excited about uh, going deep, talking Bible, talking philosophy, life. And um, so I I started doing a survey and just kind of asking them several times, just uh, really think about it. What, What has helped you grow the most? Um, and so, and I just kept taking lists and, and kind of listening to what they told me. And as I put it all together, I came up with three big things. And it was those who regularly went to church, regularly prayed and regularly read their Bible. Mm. Um, they, they consistently grew. So since then, that's what I've been pushing. I call it the, the tripod of spiritual growth, right? If, if, if you try to set a camera on just two legs, it's going to fall. You need a tripod, you need three. Um, and so that's, that's how I've encouraged, um, students for for a decade now my own children um, i've even looked at my own life and i've just i'm constantly asking the question am i praying regularly am i reading every day and am i going to church um and certainly there's more that we can do i think there's a lot of different spiritual disciplines we can throw in there sean you even mentioned uh you know the apostles creed and lord's prayer memorizing things right and 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 certainly uh, living an example, as Alan mentioned, these are all good things. But uh, if I was to simplify it, what's the three basic things that we can get kids to do to grow? It's read, pray, church. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I think that also, uh, I wonder if, you know, who is a better student of a parent, or excuse me, a student of the student or a student of the child than the parent? And so, yeah. Like, I mean, my goodness, the, the way that I related to to Hudson, my oldest, and is was different and is fundamentally different than the way that I relate to Olivia. And so I think that you guys would probably say the same thing, that there are we as as we try to guide them spiritually, it's not going to be cookie cutter. Uh, and that, uh, you know, something I, 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 I also had a, a great um advantage in is that, that I had a lot of mentors in my life to, to that I could speak to about the uh, spiritual formation of my children. Um, that's kind of an interesting word, spiritual formation, isn't it? I mean, we, mm-hmm. um, some people may not be um, aware of what that term is. Uh, if you read a lot of books on spiritual growth, you'll see that term a lot, but uh, I, I am convinced that, that spiritual formation, and you tell me what you think about this, Spiritual formation is happening to our kids. 
It doesn't doesn't matter what we think of it. it it's happening right now. It may not be the spiritual formation from the scriptures. It may be something that's been co concocted by, in fact, I guarantee it is, concocted by uh, some people driven by money and by influence. In fact, that's what we call them, influencers. Um, but they are trying to capture the hearts of our of our kids so that they can control and monopolize their desires and their interests. I mean, desires and interests. And what are we going to feed into it? Is that not religion? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly, it's a religion of consumerism. Um, you know, and, the, and, and, and I realize I'm kind of using a very broad brush there, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, what is your thoughts on that? I mean, in terms of, um, yeah, those things. Well, I think well, there I think is there 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 is an old old quote from one of the really old guys. I don't remember, but it's it's every one of us is a theologian, right? Every single person is a theologian. True. Um, now, is your theology aligned with the Bible or not? Right? What oh. what does your theology say? So, I, I think I, I, that's exactly what you're saying, right? Every last one of us is forming spiritually. We are coming up with beliefs and systems and worldviews whether conscious or unconscious every last human being is doing that yeah alan right any thoughts well there? and i also think you know one of the things that you're saying and i think it even i would like to lean into the idea that that's a good thing you know like you said you had a lot of mentors one of the things that that we know for a fact that is good for our children is that they have other people speaking into their lives other people that they are that they are following sort of, or like if I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not the only spiritual influence on my children and neither is Tamara, but there are other people that are influencing their ideas and their thoughts. I, I try and make sure that those people have similar ideas and similar thoughts. Like when I send my kids to youth ministry, and I know that Chris is there and April is there and I know Natasha is there and I know that uh, Tristan's there and I know all these people are there and they're speaking into my children's lives. Right. Not just me. That's a really beneficial thing because they're going to ask questions. If I'm the only one giving them the answers, then they'll rebel against me. That's a fact. <laughs> That's you know, so they need to have other people telling them the same things so that they hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, any follow up on that? No, no. I, I think Alan said it very well. So, you know, when we think about um, the, the, the positive spiritual influences that we want to have for our children, because one of the questions I was going to ask you was, you know, what's the type of adult that you really think needs to think about calling you up? today right after they listen to this podcast you know so while you're thinking about that it, it i i i, I want to just kind of preface it with this that when i when my parents knew that i was um going to uh visit different youth ministries and things like that as a uh um, as a teenager um the one thing that they didn't ask was well what, what version of the bible did they use uh, they didn't ask um, what what what's their statement of faith. Um, tell me tell me a little bit more about their 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 philosophy ministry. They never asked any of those questions. They ask, they just want to know: Are they going to treat you nicely? Um, do, will they respect you? 
because you know we're you're going to be the only Asian American kid that's going to be there. Um, will they take interest in your life? Uh, and once those things happen, once they were able to 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 say, oh yeah, these are good people with good intentions for my life, they they would do anything for them. In fact, they would do something that I prob they did something that I probably would not do with my own kids today. Uh, I was invited to go to a, a youth uh, weekend retreat, and it was just me and the sponsor, and he was not my dad. <laughs> so, you know, that probably would not happen today. Um, hmm. But, but no. that's because they trusted him, and he earned their trust, and he earned my trust. So, but anyway, as I go back to that question, what kind of adult really needs to think about calling you up today? So, it's a really, that's an interesting question, because I don't know that I have a type that I would be like, this this type. I mean, when Russell walked into my building 10 years ago and walked in and was angry that I had his kids in the room, I would have never, ever said, Russell will be a volunteer in my ministry. Mm -hmm. But Russell cares for kids. He speaks nicely to them. He knows them. If he sees them when he's when he's at a store, he says hi to them. So I guess ultimately the type of person I want, I don't need him to be a major theologian in children's ministry. In fact, our, our, our whole vision, our whole mission is to connect kids with God and others. That's it. Mm -hmm. Connect kids with God and others. So if, if I can connect kids to God by teaching them Bible stories and I can connect them to others who will just treat them. Well, you said it, just be nice. And, and love on these kids and show up at a baseball game. You know, Kathy Shannon, she does kitchen work for me. Wow. And she goes, she goes to Avery and, and Aubrey's baseball games on Saturdays. Oh, Avery and Aubrey Kessel, so who are special needs kids. She yeah. goes to their baseball games on Saturdays. Like, you can't buy volunteers like that. That's amazing. And, and so, yeah, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want. I don't care if they live in a big house. If they know the Bible all that well, come, I can help you. I write everything down. All I want you to do is come and make connections and make relationships and influence these kids by being nice to them, showing them Jesus. Excellent. That's it. That's excellent. Chris, any thoughts there? Yeah. So, I mean, I would agree. It's it's the old adage, right? Um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And and so definitely you've, you've got to love on the students and the teenagers, I think what, what, uh, when it comes to youth teens are, I mean, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of hormone, there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of angst. And so I think if you want to come in and work with teens again, like you don't need to be a great theologian. You don't have to have all the answers to life. You don't have to be a super stellar person. Um, you, you come with love and, and I think you've got to be flexible and teachable. You've got to be willing to, listen to the students and realize, um, man, the teen culture of today is not the same as it was uh, when we were teenagers. Right. Um, it, it, it's, man, I think there's data out there. It says it changes like every nine to 12 months or something like that. It's, it's, uh, and when you think about it, I mean, just think of, of all the stuff that's hitting TikTok. right? The, the latest fad is, is it, it lasts for just a few short months and, uh -huh. and then we're on to something new. Right. And, so, so you've got to be 
you've got to be flexible. You, you can't you can't bring an 80s or 90s model of youth ministry and go, I'm going to radically change these kids' lives. It, it's it's not going to work. You've got to be willing to to change and adapt. And, and part of that is teachability. You've got to be willing to study the culture and go, okay, they, they think different. They act different. They, they look different. Um, and, and you, you gotta be teachable and just realize, yes, we, we know more than them. We're more experienced in life, but, but we don't, we still don't know everything. And we've got to, we've got to be willing just to sit and listen and learn. I, th- I think that I've heard you guys talk about this before of uh, incarnational type of ministry. So meaning that we want to be like Jesus. We, we want to go down to their their level and find yeah. out that the typical person that comes to our youth ministry does not come from a great home where they are loved and cared for 24-7. Um, oh, there may be attempts and there may be lots of uh, hits and misses, but Sometimes those hits and misses are not what we think about. Um, they're, you know, they 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 struggle academically. They they struggle uh, with their self esteem. They struggle with their self worth, and they just need someone that will come alongside and say, "You are you are an amazing creation of God." I'm so glad I got to meet you and, and get to know your name. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let me, me let me say one more thing on this, Sean, really quick. Yeah. I, I would, if there's somebody listening to this podcast for either one of our ministries, if you don't have grandkids or you live a long ways away from your grandkids and you go get to see them all the time, come and adopt ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you something. If you're 70, if you're 75, if you're, you know, you're old, you're a little bit older, we don't even care if you adapt to their culture. Come in. Speak your culture because these kids, they're going to love you. Right. Even if you do that, they love you. I think, I mean, Jeff Everly isn't that old, uh, but he works a uh, safety team on sometimes on Wednesday nights. And he just goes out and he talks to the kids and they eat him up because he's just, he's just there talking. So yeah. I'm just, that would just be a big, like if anybody's listening to this and they're like, I don't, I don't. I can't, I'm too old or I'm no, you are the right age. Yeah. These kids need more of you. One of, one of my helpers is a grandparent. That's how she started coming. She just wanted to get her kids to church, her grandkids. So she would drive them and then just sit in the corner and kind of watch the festivities. And she was there long enough. I finally went, well, as an adult in a room full of minors, I need you to fill out an application and do the background check and all that stuff. And and then it was kind of little by little. I'm like, well, we're having a meeting. Do you want to come and join us, the rest of the adults, and kind of help us plan the next Wednesday, the next set of Wednesday nights? And I, and and little by little, um, she didn't jump in. I know that was our, our thing on Sunday, but she she did the toe thing. She put her toe in the water, like Alan mentioned, and uh, and then eventually she was up to her ankles and her knees, and and now she's all the way in, and she's a full fledged leader at the age of, a, she has grandkids, grandkids who've graduated from the ministry who are now adults. Um, and she yeah. loves every minute of it. And every year she, she steps in and she does more. She, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the things that, that you're saying also is that, that grandparents usually have a lot more time um, than, than other, other people, you know? Um, yeah. The, it made me think about several people. I remember a guy named, um, well, actually let me start with this guy. His name is Chuck. 
And so I think his last name was, well, I'm not going to say his last name, but his name was Chuck. And he was probably, I don't know, 162 years old. And he would <laughs> at the Grace Children's <laughs> Building and he would, he looked like um, an old wise version of Linus um, <laughs> from, from Peanuts. And kids love Chuck, you know, and, and they he, did. Well, yeah. Okay. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So, Chuck was beautiful because uh, he just loved children. Uh, it, I, I, I don't know if he told you this because I asked him, Chuck, why do you like to spend time with these kids? He said, because honestly, he said, um, I was not there for my kids uh, when they were growing up. And uh, I, I did not take them to church. He says, and I regret that. And uh, I just want, I think every kid deserves to have somebody that's going to greet them sweetly and let them know that, that somebody misses them. And I just thought, Chuck, I, I I want you to adopt me. I just love you. I worked so hard at his funeral. Um, and it made me think of Ida Moore or it made me think of Charlie Cavey, people that, that made huge differences in my life. They were not pastors. They were not, uh, they did not have their life together. They weren't perfect people, but they were powerfully influential because I knew that they were looking for me every Wednesday night, every Sunday. Any other thoughts right. about that? Well, no, that's the, you nailed it. That's okay. what we want. So th that was kind of going to be part of my question was that, you know, what if someone out there is listening and they say, you know, I just I'm afraid that my life, I know I've got issues right now. You know, I, I'm afraid that my life won't match up to what you want. You know, what what should I do? Should I wait and get my life cleaned up first? What should I do? Well, let me tell you, they probably have less issues than most of our kids' parents. Oof. Yeah. And that sounds... Yeah. That sounds terrible. I'm not I'm not trying to be mean about it, but if you're a parent in today's world, the struggles that you're facing are great. And it's it's nice if you're working on it and you're working towards it and you want to be closer, then that is a good thing and we want you helping these kids because when these kids come in and they say crazy things to you about what happened at home, you won't be like, "Oh, think I've got to call the cops. You'd be like, Oh yeah. Been there, done that. You know? <laughs> you know, I was, I was reading Facebook today and there was a lady who I know who has tattoos all over her arm and she's lived a pretty rough life. And her Facebook post said, I was at the grocery store and the lady looked at my arm and saw my tattoos and clutched her purse tightly. And she said, I wanted to say to her lady, my arm costs more than your purse. <laughs> <laughs> The, no. the last challenge. Go ahead, Chris. Were you going to say something? No, I just agreed with Alan. They don't have to be perfect. Uh, that's always the, you know, God. God uh, qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. So Ooh, good phrase. Yeah. So and Satan loves to tell us we're not qualified too. Boy, that's yeah. true. That's a lie of Satan. Thank you for mentioning that. And you know, you closed with this that. This reminder that we, we're running out of time, that we are losing time. And um, what, what, about, what about ministry right now really concerns you or maybe even scares you about the lack of time that we have? Um, I, I know that, that I, I, I think I know as, as you're maybe formulating your answer, the thing that 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 scares me the most is um, that is what I mentioned earlier, 
which is that there are people that are planning every day how to capture uh, my kids, uh, even though they're they're older, they're still doing it. They're they're planning and they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars trying to capture my kids' attention. And uh, I I really don't have I don't have the money power to do that. Uh, I don't have um, uh, really um, exciting means and ways of doing that. But I have something that they don't. Uh, and that is, I can give them my unconditional love. I can give them my uh, my affection towards them and, and really mean it. But more importantly, I can give them my time. Uh, the world is saying, I'm going to take, take, take. I'll give you a little bit. I'll give you a little bit of this obnoxious visual or, or audio drug. But eventually, I'm going to take your your idea or your, your um, what is it that your algorithm data? That's what I want. I'm mining for your algorithm and data so I can sell it and monetize you. But a person that is, uh, I think that that we all want in our ch- children's lives is someone that says, no, I don't want anything back in return. I just want to give. Anyway, what what would you say? What, what concerns you about the lack of time? I think I what think- I'm seeing in the teen world, um, I, 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 well, here's, here's maybe what I would say. This is maybe kind of philosophical. I can't back it with any science, but I think a lack of time just means a lack of intentionality. We're not picking the right things. Um, we're letting our schedule control us. Um, and what's happening in the teenage brain, I've been reading some, some stuff recently where it's, it's leaving them feeling abandoned by the adults. The adults don't have time for the teenagers. Um, and in that abandonment, um, they're left thinking I've got to take care of everything, on my own, I got to figure it out. Um, the world is big and huge and scary. Uh, things like, gosh, even going back 20 years ago, 9/11, things like COVID. You know, all these big things that come up, and and uh, and there's there's not enough adults with intentionality or time to help them walk through all that stuff. Um, uh, what we're seeing in the teen world is a lot of uh, hopelessness. Mm. Just kind of like, uh, well, there's no one there to take care of me. I got to figure it out. It's a big bad world. I, I don't really know what to do, and and um, I, that's that's what we're seeing in teenagers. Okay, all right. Alan? I think I think, and I'm just going to talk just church in general. I think everybody wants to belong to something greater than them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and what I'm concerned about is that because of the schedule and the fast paced and everything vying for their time that rather than sink in and belong to anything, they belong to nothing. Yeah. Ooh, wow. And that, that sense of belonging is a massive sense for the human person. Like humanity needs to belong from the very beginning. Adam and Eve wanted to belong in this, this group with God. And when they, when they lacked, they got away from God. They said, we don't want, and then they went out and they had a family and they had people because there was always a sense that they needed to belong to something. And if we don't get the church, if there's not enough people in the church that are willing to, to give their time to help people feel like this is a great place to belong to, and you can belong here and still be an individual then we will lose them and they will belong to something else. Yeah. They will figure out something else, whether it's their sports teams, drama club, 
uh, video games, whatever they can belong to, if they can belong to that community and they don't have to change and they don't have to be different, they can be who they are and be a part of that community, then then the church will, will quickly begin to continue to lose them. Mm. We have to be a place where a person can belong and we have to want them to belong. Right. And we have to say, we want you here. Yeah. Just as much as that app on the phone. Just yeah. as much as TikTok wants them to belong to that community, we have to want them to belong here. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, because yeah, the... Our father, our God, our father doesn't want to monetize us. He wants to, he wants a family. And he, I, mm -hmm. I, I think about how the, the, the beautiful plans that he has for us uh, a billion trillion years from now that eye has not seen or ear has heard all the good things, all the great things that God has in plan for us. Yeah. But, okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. Great job. Uh, I should have said this at the beginning, but, uh, Folks, if, you, if you're if you dropping in, you have no idea what we're talking about, you need to listen to this great message. Go to roswellgrace.com and look for the main banner for Volunteer Revolution, and you will see. Just click on uh, uh, their particular message, which is just jump in. So, all right. Well, Chris Van Dyke and Alan Getty, thank you so much for joining us thank here you. on Cash. All right. Well, we just had a great conversation with uh, Alan and and so we're back here in headquarters, in Living or Dash headquarters, Rick's office. So, Rick, can you uh, tell us, uh, this is, you? we can't not have the VR quote of the week. And so tell us, give us a great quote. Well, this is a, a, another quote from that famous man named Anonymous. Oh, he's so smart. I wish I would have thought of this one, Sean. <laughs> You know, maybe if I say it enough, I can just say, you know, I've always said. Yeah. Oh, that's so, good. Sean, I've always said, you know, you've been talking about uh, children and students. And, yes. You know, that, just how God can do great things in their life and do exceedingly more than we could even imagine. Ooh. But I love this quote. Dreams come a size too big so that we can grow into them. Oh, So good. we need to dream for our next generation. Dream yes. for them. Dream big so they can grow into those big dreams. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, something I wish that I'd kind of put in with Alan and, and uh, Chris is that oftentimes with children's and youth ministry, we're, we're, we always have that kind of that thought of, well, I just hope somebody, I know somebody's going to respond to that. And I'm, I'm thinking, mm, not really. Uh, I think that if you even had somewhat of a kind of a sort of a gumption that maybe you should give that a try. You need to give it a try. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Test drive. If it doesn't work, that's right. right. That's, it's okay. But that's give right. it a test drive. All right. Well, Rick, what else is going on here at Grace? This Sunday is Mother's Day. Oh. Yeah. So we always like to recognize moms in a special way. But talk about the message fitting the day. Hmm. How many times, Sean, did your mom say, Sean, I want you to do good. I want you to be good. <laughs> The title and the message of Volunteer Revolution this week is The Power of Doing Good. Oh, wow. So we're going to look at some scriptures talking about doing good and what does it mean to do good? When do you do good? How do you do good? And where do you do good? Very excited about that. And uh, to do it on Mother's Day. Aww. I mean, we are honoring our mothers who always said, Sean, Rick, I want you to be good. Yeah. 
So that's what's coming. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot here, Rick. I mean, what what is try to think of a, something that your mom did that that you know she lived this. Like for instance, my mom, even when she was in her 70s, she would do this thing in Kansas City called the Crop Walk, and so it was it was this fundraiser to help people who did not have enough food. And so she would it was basically a walkathon, and she walked in the worst parts of Kansas City. <laughs> to, to show people, hey, I'm willing to walk and raise money for uh, for those who are in need. So I don't know what. And she would always say, Sean, you've got to, you have to invest in other people's lives. And so, how about you? Well, one thing immediately comes to mind. I had a great mom, and after my dad died, she had been, you know, they were married 59 years. Wow. And best Man. friends. And so my dad passed away, and. Uh, I asked mom one day, I said, what do, you, what do you do when you get sad? You know, I know you go through times of grief and loneliness. What do you do? She said, you know, that when I start feeling kind of lonely and sad and feeling sorry for myself, she said, I go get in my car and I drive to the florist and I buy some flowers and I think of somebody who has it worse than me and I take those flowers to that person. Oh my goodness. Talk about the power of doing good. That's beautiful. That, I love that. That just about chokes me right now. So we better end this podcast. So Sean's crying, everybody. All right. We got to go. <laughs> hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us on Living Your Dash. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at roselgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to roselgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.